TLGPE DNA shares some of the tips and tricks required to deliver outstanding PE lessons. In these podcasts, we focus on the how to teach element of PE, looking specifically at how we teach, how we maximise learning and how we grow the individuals. Teach, learn, grow. The principles that TLGPE was founded on. Hi and welcome to this episode of the TLGPE DNA podcast. I'm Matt and I'm joined by Colin for this podcast and we're going to talk about body language, one of the four areas of how we teach PE. Morning yeah. Colin. Morning, you alright? Not too bad yourself? Good, thank you, yeah. So we've started with quite a generic one, body language, quite a big uh, broad subject um, and I guess obviously the main thing people think about when you talk about body language is just the way you stand and the way you look and the old arms crossed. That perception you give off to people, sort of, you know. Yeah, and, and that's important in PE, definitely. Huge. You know, that you've got to look like you're engaged in the in the lesson. You've got to look like you're into it. But there are other elements of body language that perhaps are more complex to understand and perhaps different to what teachers would experience in a classroom, you know. Yeah, it's a different environment you're in for a start, isn't it? It's a very yeah. different environment, much more space a lot of the time. Yep, different environment, different weather, different um, space, you know. And I think first and foremost, you've, you've got this issue sometimes when you teach me of where do I stand? Yeah. You know, that's probably the biggest question. So when you're talking about body language, you start, where do I put myself? Where do I put my body? And, you know, that's different to a classroom because generally in a classroom you will stand certainly when you're speaking or starting lesson you'll stand at the front of the class you know yes you'll move around but you're moving around in a small confined area whereas when you're teaching PE potentially you're on a field you're on a playground you know where do I stand where do I place myself yeah potentially a freezing cold field potentially a really windy field exactly yeah and you know so the weather's important and how do I how do I deal with that? And there's things like, you know, if the sun's shining, you know, you should... That's one of our favourites, yeah. You should always stand so that you are staring into the sun, which means that the children who are looking at you are therefore, by default, not staring into the sun. So, you know, that's a really important tip. Yeah, they're not turning their heads, they're not covering their eyes, losing uh, losing interest, losing engagement. Yeah, so you, you, stand, you stand and take the hit on that, you know. But, you know, my personal opinion is you don't wear sunglasses when you're outside coaching because eye contact is an important part of body language and you, you know it's an important part of communication and if you've got sunglasses on you're taking away that tool yep. that you've got to engage with the children so for that split sort of second or minute of time you take the hit you stand you face the sun and the children don't have to you know that's a that's quite an important one definitely definitely yeah there's all you know you don't want to get in the way of people are you know when you're talking to them you don't want other people coming across. You don't want, you know, if you're on a playground that's shared or a field that's shared, you don't want to be in a place where other voices can be heard. People could be running past you. Yeah, away from classrooms. You know, if you've got yeah. if you've got a playground that borders classrooms or classrooms that border playgrounds, then you know, being away from those because you obviously got to raise your voice. And that's, you know, that's one of the things is that some teachers struggle with the volume adjustment required when they teach PE because you do generally have to raise your voice not not in a shouty way but just to carry it you know and there are tips that you can do if you don't have a particularly loud voice you know then bringing the children into you to gain instruction is 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 better rather than freeze stand where you are and then shouting you know right into me three two one children come in then you see your, your next set of instructions or your next kind of uh, information and then you go right back to where you're going, or you use a whistle. Yeah, little things like that is you know that that comes that comes into your 
planning of what you're going to do for your lesson. You know, this group go in that corner, this group go in the far corner, this group go right over there, this group go right. Now, what we're going to do is, and nobody can hear you or nobody's even interested in trying to listen to you. Like you say, bring them all in, yeah. give them instructions, then let them go. Yeah, it's yeah, a really good point. I mean, it's, it's a common mistake isn't it that we we split groups we send them on the way and then we try and talk to them yeah you know and it's it's not easy there are just ways around it if you bring them in to you you bring them in nice and tight you then split groups or even you split them into groups and you just have them close to you in those groups and then you fan them out but you know the i think the other thing is whistles you know because at the end of the day a whistle attracts attention if you blow it people stop you can generally have a hand movement then to bring them close to you if you need to it's not it's not all about shouting. Yeah, you know, like you say about the hand movement, once you've blown that whistle, inevitably people are going to turn around. Even if they're not interested in what you're going to say, they're going to turn around because they want to know what that short, sharp blast was. But I was, uh, I've recently been to a school where they don't want the PE teachers using whistles. All right. You know, you can, um, you, like you, you, we've said before, you can clap your hands, you can have, you know, whatever method it is that the kids know, I want your attention. Now, the, a whistle in the school I was at the other day is... Um, if they hear a whistle in the school, it's because there's an intruder. So when when mm. somebody blows the whistle, a PE teacher blows the whistle, you know, uh, site manager and head teacher go racing out onto the field. Uh, so, you know, you, the whistles are great. I love them. I'm all for whistles. Yeah. But you can also, it doesn't have to be a whistle. Is what how do you, you referee a game then? In <laughs> It could be anything, couldn't it? But it's, yeah, it's really tough. I mean, I think... I think part of the re- part of the idea is that you know if you're going to use it, you're going to have to let people know first. But if they have an intruder, well, can you imagine? That yeah, game? Can you imagine big little intruder. football game. Everyone just legs it out onto the field. Intruder? No, no, free kick. Oh, okay, <laughs> close. <laughs> Who knows? Yes, he, in- he intruded into the box. In the game. <laughs> um, Was he interfering with play? <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, yeah. So maybe there are individual examples like that. But yeah. uh, so therefore, don't use a whistle all the time. Obviously. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. Find out if the school has a policy first. <laughs> you, you would know what your school policy is, wouldn't you? Yeah. But, um, I, I think that if you if you can use a whistle and it helps you speak to the children in a way that uh, doesn't strain your vocal cords, doesn't cross into the shouting car- category, allows you to get them in, allows you to get attention, then you know that's that's the best way to be. But the other thing is, you know, we, we were talking about kind of the movement element or we, we we touched on the movement element in PE yep and I think that this is where you know certainly from a body language point of view is that if if you're stood in one place in a PE lesson it can instantly look like you're unengaged in the teaching process you know so if you if you're stood in the corner of the hall while the kids are getting on with it that can look to the an observer like you're not really engaged in the process. Yep. If you're if you're more active and you're walking around and you're checking in with groups, you're confirming understanding, you're 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 speaking to the children as individuals, you're giving them that feedback, that praise, you're giving them that technique or skill correction, you know, you're moving around the lesson, then instantly the body language and the view of what you are doing is right, this teacher is engaged in the process. Also, you've got to look at the view you get sometimes. Okay. Yeah. You know, so if you if you're static, am I getting the right view? Can I see what I need to see from an assessment point of view? If I'm gonna if I'm gonna use formative assessment, I'm gonna try and help it uh, help shape my future planning and my future learning. Is standing here giving me the best 
view of that, you know, there's no it's no coincidence that on a football pitch or a rugby pitch, the dugouts are at the halfway point. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're, they're not behind the goals because if you stand and watch a game of football from behind the goals, you get a very different view of it than if you stand on the halfway line. Yeah, so if you're, I mean, we've spoke about this before. You know, if you're particularly looking at width in a game of tag rugby, football, whatever it may be, are you going to see that better from the side behind the goals? You know, and it's all about using, you know, moving to what what you're working with, what you're looking to do, what you're looking to get out of the session. You know, placing yourself to gain the best chance of doing that. Yeah. So if you if you are looking at width, you know, the what you haven't got in PE compared to a football game or a rugby game is height so you can't go up in the stands so, oh, you, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't look down from above because that's actually the best view isn't yeah, it? you know yeah. that's the that's the perfect view because it's a bit like kind of looking over a sabutio table you can you can see the full picture so if you're on the sideline and you're you're sort of on the ground then are you going to see width standing on the halfway line possibly not no. you're going to have to go in effect behind the goal because then you see that perspective yeah yeah if you're looking at depth and you're trying to see what sort of height there is in the pitch, whether people are giving enough gap between the defence, the midfield, the attack, then sideways on halfway line is the best viewpoint because you then see those lines. So depending on the game, depending on the learning objective, depending on what you're trying to get out of it, the whole point of this is you have to be mobile. You have to move around and go, right, does this give me the view of what I need to see? And if it doesn't, I'm probably in the wrong place. I need to move. So, as you you know, you rightly said about you know you haven't got the height from the stands or anything like. That. Can I use my PE funding to have a media centre like they've got at Lord's Cricket Ground? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> worth a try. Worth a try. But also, like you say, the, the the feedback and the interaction with the children is important as well. Really, really important. And you've got you can't just stand in that same corner of the hall as you said earlier and just say, Johnny, come over to me. Fictional Johnny, come over to me. You know, right? Go back to where you were. Fictional Billy, come over to me. You know, you've got to be moving around. You're seeing, you're seeing people like you say from different angles, doing different things. You, you have to be mobile, as you said. You yeah, have because to be you know, you, you have to be in the game as well. Sometimes you have to physically go and stand where people should stand. You have to go and physically move how people should move to demonstrate that. You know, if you're, if you're playing a game like end ball or down ball or you know games where the ball carrier can't move net ball to, you know yeah, to an yeah. extent the important thing is that the people who haven't got the ball moving to create space and that's something that's quite complex sometimes for children to understand that you've actually got to create the space rather than the ball carrier doing the work you've got to do the work to get a chance of getting the ball so you know as a teacher you need to be running in space shouting for the ball running in space shouting for the ball to to show that process do you think it's important then that um or important is that the right word if a, if a, if the teacher's moving around seeing the kid would you agree that the kids then want to perform better because they know they're being what or they they feel that they can impress you if you if they know you're looking at them if you're just stood in the corner they're thinking well you know is, is this guy girl whoever interested in what I'm doing if you're moving around I, I tend to find a lot that the kids want to show you more because they know that you're looking and they want to impress you yeah I, I think that's true I think that's true I think that you know that probably just ties in with the fact that you look like you're more interested yeah yeah you know I think that and that breeds interest in itself you know and you can that's what I mean yeah you can throw you can throw clothing into that scenario as well you know how you are dressed because if you are if you're going out to teach PE uh, as a gentleman in your shirt and tie and your work shoes 
or as a lady in a skirt and heels you know that that doesn't show straight away that you are engaged in PE yeah, yeah. this might be a little controversial I don't know but it's when you know I've seen, you know when teachers go out they've just done English and they're going out to do PE and stuff. when you see a teacher's just got to, even if they just change their trainers or something like that it just makes that difference to the kids thinking oh this is what we've got to do not not this is what we're going to do and what we enjoy doing rather than oh, it's just something we've got to do yeah and there's lots of schools of thought on this you know there's I, I've been in schools where uh, female teachers have to tie their hair up for teaching PE they have to take their jewellery off to teach PE lead by example yeah, yeah so lead by example yeah because fundamentally you're saying to the children right bring in a PE kit every week put your trainers on every week bring a separate set of clothing if we're going outside because it's cold every week tie your hair up on a Thursday afternoon every week take your earrings out on a Thursday afternoon every week but I'm just going to stand here and carry on in, in my uh, lovely suit that I wear to work you know that that doesn't work really because the yeah. children just see through it and go well, actually if you don't want to do it why should I yeah I've, I've had it before when it you know said to, oh can you take your watch off while you're doing piano you've got yours on and although whilst I know that that's uh, so I know what time it's finished there's no clock outside it's part of me sometimes think you have a point you know it's yeah it's just you know you a lot of schools now have started to go down the PE uniform for teachers route which is good yeah, you know, yeah. They've they've had that sort of because some people don't own sports clothes. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. Some teachers don't own sports clothes, so you, they don't wear it, not necessarily not by choice, but just the fact that they don't have that sort of dress wear. Um, you and I are the complete opposite. Yeah, I don't know, this is smart. <laughs> if you get invited to a wedding, we're, we're in trouble, mate. I know, yeah. I think I, there is a very fine line between somebody who works in sport and a chav. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that they, you know, getting dressed for PE is important. Having the right clothing on is important. And that kind of message of uh, how it should be done, whether that be physically, you know, be, by being active in the lesson, whether that be by being engaged in the process, whether that by being wearing the right things, you know, they are all really important elements and basic stuff. I think that's the other thing. Basics of certainly the clothing element, it's basic stuff that can just push you a lot further up from a PE perspective. It can really take your teaching up a notch just by wearing the right thing just by yeah. giving the children the right uh, motivation and the right sort of putting the right impression across. yeah exactly putting yeah. the right impression I've, I've, I've said for years you know you see if you've got kids or when you were a kid yourself if you're going to if you're going to play a game of football rugby hockey whatever it may be and your team all turn up in shirt and ties you're winning already because yeah. it just shows that impression that wow these are good no yeah. you can just get dressed yeah, yeah when you all turn up the same and in the right yeah. gear and, you know, I think the other thing is that one of my bugbears is when I go and sort of observe lessons with PE leaders is people who are dressed are outside this sort of time of year. So it's currently, uh, this has been recorded in December and um, you see teachers outside teaching PE dressed like they're on an Arctic expedition. Yeah. You know, so you've got kind of puffer jackets you've got woolly hats you've got scarves around the mouth you know thick gloves on and then you've got the children out there in track suits at best shorts and t-shirts at worst and you kind of think right either it's not that cold or you shouldn't be outside yeah they so one way or another this ain't great and it's generally if i'm being brutally honest the fact that it ain't that cold yeah Agreed. but because the movement isn't in the lesson because the teacher isn't actively involved because they're in effect standing and watching 
it may well appear cold to them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So get active. Exactly. Yeah. So so <laughs> being involved so patronising, but no, but it's right because you know that's this is where the body language element is. Is that if you stand still, not only does it not look great, but it actually you don't feel like you're as part of the lesson. And you know, I don't genuinely believe that teachers will sit at the front of their classroom and either sit in the same place for an hour or stand at the front of the lesson for an hour. No. They will change their viewpoint. They will go and sit at the back and watch people from that angle. They will go around the desks. There is nothing different from a PE perspective. All you've got to bear in mind in PE is that your space is different. So subsequently, you've got to try and manage that space better, which is why whenever there's games with two pitches, we always talk about the tunnel down the middle. Yeah, yeah. We always talk about putting two pitches with a metre-wide tunnel between them, which is in effect the teacher zone it's where you patrol up down up down because you look left you're looking at one pitch you look right you're looking at the other and you're right in the middle if you go to the other side of one of those tunnels then you're suddenly a mile away from the yeah, furthest yeah. one you know so if you go and stand on the other side of the pitch you're suddenly looking across one pitch to the other whereas if you stay in the middle it's a it's a head turn left and right to see both it's very own green cross code isn't it you know <laughs> yeah so that but that's you know that's that's the importance of knowing where to be and then you know again with uh, being able to communicate and that you can you can bring them in then you can bring them into the near side of each pitch. Yeah, stay so on your are, pitches, but yeah, come you on stay in. on your pitch. Come towards me. They're on two lines, and you're literally they're a meter apart. So you know, I think from a body language point of view, the key thing is, and it's quite you've got to look interested. Definitely. That's the first thing. So we all know we're not here to suck eggs. We we all know what good and bad body language looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're standing there with your arms crossed, sat on a bench while the kids are running round, it doesn't look great. So there's no law to this that's different from any other. Yeah, body I don't language. want to be here, so why should we, you know? Why yeah. should you do? Yeah. So the, you know, so general body language rules apply. Look interested, be active, speak in a way that you're engaged by the subject, dress the right way so that that helps you look like you're engaged in it. Interact with the children, get moving, be be active. And just be aware of the environment. If it's windy, you can't shout. If it's sunny, you need to be conscious of where that sun is shining. If it's wet, you need to think about the dangers on the floor rather than in the air. So yeah. is it slippy? Is it going to be, you know, so you you adapt the situation based on the surroundings you've got and the, the situation you find yourself in. But fundamentally, from a body language point of view, it's all about giving the impression that you are engaged in the subject and that you're really trying to push it forward like you would any other any other subject lovely okay i think that's about all we've got time for now um but as always thanks everyone for listening don't forget to check out all 12 of the podcasts in the tlgpe dna program and we'll hear from you soon